Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Even if they don't feel like they can do anything, take some little baby step. It is really important to identify a baby step, no matter how tiny. It may be one little phone call. It may be one reach out to somebody who's supportive. It may be um, going for a walk. It, 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 It doesn't matter the size of the step, but if they can simply take the action, step out of the stuckness just to take that action, action, it will help them. Um, And it's all about baby steps. Sometimes we forget to pay attention to the baby steps that we are taking. We can't run until we walk. And, And so you can't get from A to Z without going through the rest of the alphabet. And if you can get yourself to just take whatever the step is that that you come up with that that is self-care, self-serving, it will it will come a long way and then it will build up the more you're able to do that. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here today with Rachel Goldman. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me today. I'm so glad to have you back. And today we are talking about getting stuck in the muck of divorce, four key strategies to refuel action. And I'm just going to kick this off by like when I think about getting stuck in the muck of divorce, There's so many ways our clients get stuck in those very early stages, just fear and overwhelm. How do I tell my spouse? How do we tell the children? How do I pick an attorney? Or you go further into the process and it's like I'm mad at the court. I'm mad at my attorney. I'm scared about money or things are going too fast or things are going too slow. Like all of the things that can lead to paralysis or in that tail end and post-divorce. I can't believe now I'm like dealing with the same shenanigans with my my now ex and nothing's changed and I can't do anything. And so just all of these things that we're constantly um, hearing from our clients where this is what they see going on and the result is they're stuck. And they're mm-hmm. spinning. They're spinning. They're going nowhere fast, except they're exhausted and aggravated by being stuck. And so today, we want to share with you four key tips, strategies um, to get out of that stuck place um, and back into action. And so why don't you go ahead and kick us off, Rachel? Sure. So I first want to start with sometimes we can be in that stuckness, but not even be aware that we're stuck, that it may feel so familiar to to be spinning like that and repeating narratives and and getting into that that mindset, that state of mind, that that becomes our new normal. So I just want to throw that out there first, that that if 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 your if your new normal is becoming that kind of spinning to really try to step back and notice um, how stuck you're feeling, that is a really important first step. 
Yeah, what a, what a good point, because until you even realize that you can be spinning, but it's it's so it's become so normal that you don't even realize uh, how ineffective ineffective that is. That's right. That's right. And so once once there's an acknowledgement of being stuck, you have some choices. Um, I have some clients where they're not ready to get unstuck. And so sometimes we come up with a plan. All right, let's pick a time frame during which you will continue to be stuck and be in this place because you still need to be there. And then we will start to talk about ways to get unstuck. So you do, you have a choice. And when you choose to try to work on getting unstuck, the first really important step is to recognize that being stuck is a mindset. It's not sort of an overarching reality. That's such a good point. I'm actually in a business accelerator and we were all, we're all entrepreneurs and we're all made to get up and move. And she said, you see, none of you are stuck. And (laughs) it was just, it was just, it was that easy. It was like, move your arms, move your neck, move your body. See, you're not stuck. It's not a physical thing. It's a mindset thing. And it just drove it right home for us. Yeah. That, that I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's really good. So just some signs I want to um, talk a little bit about of, of stuckness. And um, one is simply avoiding difficult, painful feelings. I have some clients who have started to feel the grief or the anger around divorce and have upfront said to me, I-, I want this to go away, or I don't like this feeling, or I can't manage this. And, and if you don't allow yourself to experience those feelings, you will be stuck in them. There's no doubt about it. So that's sort of one category of stuckness. Um, if you find yourself blaming yourself over and over again for what happened, blaming your spouse, soon to be ex-spouse, ex-spouse for their behaviors, for what led to divorce, for how they're behaving now over and over and over and over. You're you're on a wheel and it's very hard to get off. And and so if if you're in that kind of blaming, self-blame, outward blame, constant in the past around regrets, worrying about the future, really take a moment and take a look at what your thoughts are and what your narratives are and how they're impacting you. Yeah, and it would make sense that you would be so stuck in the present if your mind is in the past and the future. So it's kind of like that that blaming and that regretting and that worrying is all of this mental energy that can't address anything in the present until the mental energy is in the present. That's right. Exactly. Because you're not experiencing the present. You're in you're, you're time traveling and you're in other um, you're in your head in other kinds of realities. Absolutely. So it's a difference between think you can think about it as a difference between outward focus and inward focus. Are you focused very much on what's going on around you, how others are behaving, um, your situation, your frustrations, that's outward. Or are you focused on experiencing what you're feeling, noticing your thoughts, noticing your narratives and taking some stock about whether or not they are serving you to get you to the place you want to be. Right. Right. So you're not even saying figure out what the action is at this point. You're just saying, take a look at what you're thinking about, how you're thinking about it and how it may or may not be benefiting you in at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. You're not ready to take action until yeah. until you have gone through that process. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I want to throw I have a number of clients in the early stages right now where the there's so much fear, the fear of the process, the fear of hurting the kids, the fear of not seeing the kids, the fear of um 
not knowing what to do when they're living on their own. Like so much fear that that keeps um, keeps people stuck. So let's talk a little bit about that stuckness that's stuck in fear that can paralyze. Mm, yes, I definitely want to talk about that. It's really important is when I have clients who are stuck in fear or anxiety um, or other really intense feelings, I, I try to help them acknowledge these are feelings. This is These are not sort of pictures of the reality out there. These are feelings which are messages to you about what's going on with you internally. And so and so work with it um, and really pay attention and and experience and notice the feelings and what is the message that those feelings are trying to tell you. And, and, and that can help unleash people from being so entrenched in the feeling to just acknowledge it's a feeling, their thoughts and feelings. It, they're, they're not, they're not realities about the situation. They're simply what I'm experiencing. And we did a podcast, gosh, probably well over a year ago now uh, with a woman named Clara, Carla McLaren, uh, the genius in all your emotions. And I'll put it in the show notes for everyone listening. Uh, the reason I bring it up is just one sentence that she said, which has stuck with me, which is uh, our emotions, especially the unpleasant emotions, are here to do two things. They're here to inform us and guide us. Mm. And the other thing she said, so then the whole podcast is about that. Definitely go and listen to it. It's brilliant. And then at the end, she said, the problem is after we're informed and guided, instead of letting the feeling go, we like marry it, hold on to it, live with it for a long time. And so it's done its job. It's ready to leave and we don't let it leave. And so I'm just going to let that sit with our listeners and go listen to that podcast, The Genius in All Your Emotions, Journey Beyond Divorce. I love that. That's very wise. Very wise. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so we've got fear, we've got regret, we've got blaming yourself or others. The next one you have here is anger. One can get very stuck in anger um, or act in ways that kind of keep you stuck in the bigger picture. Yeah. Now, now anger is a little bit of a double-edged sword. It can actually be energizing um, when we're more in a, in a real victim kind of powerless mindset. Sometimes uncovering angry feelings and expressing them can energize us to move a little bit forward. But the downside is if we we are perpetually angry. And, and if this becomes, um, if this becomes front and center in our lives and we're repeating over and over and over what we're angry about and, 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 and it's a spinning cycle that is exhausting. It is physically unhealthy because it releases so many stress hormones that are not healthy for us in the long term. It can cause depression, anxiety, all sorts of very challenging um, issues. And so own your anger, experience it. But don't let it be who you are. That's 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 my advice. And and I think that we could probably, as we go down the list, follow Carla McLaren's advice every step of the way. It's like if you if you examine the emotion and and you ask it, okay, what are you here to inform me? Um, and 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 how are you here to guide me? Mm -hmm. uh, and then so if you're holding on to anger after you have those things, that's when it becomes depleting, debilitating, uh, destructive. Um, and yet if you're quiet, if you've been shutting up and putting up for so long, that anger could kick you into, you know, we have to get a divorce. We have to go to marriage counseling. We have to do something about X, Y or Z. And so, yeah, so it's that double edged sword with all of these difficult emotions, you don't want to live with them. There's That's no reason right. to live with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And I think that I think that the victim mindset that is such an interesting one because you know so many of of our listeners have been in marriages for years or decades where um where I know for myself I was only 14 years in and I was just such a shell of myself and and so I I viewed the world through what was being done to me, uh, which mm-hmm. is that hopeless, helpless, uh, low energy. There's nothing I could do about it, which is a really dangerous place to get stuck. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, very dangerous place to get stuck. Now, you know, it, it's normal to feel that at various points during the divorce, but to really start to um, let that guide your life and and your actions or inactions and behaviors is very dangerous. And and so when I'm working with people who are in that space, um, number one, I try to help them understand that even if they don't feel like they can do anything, take some little baby step. It is really important to identify a baby step, no matter how tiny. It may be one little phone call. It may be one reach out to somebody who's supportive. It may be um, going for a walk. It, 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 it doesn't matter the size of the step, but if they can simply take the action, step out of the stuckness just to take that action, it will help them. Um, and it's all about baby steps. Sometimes we forget to pay attention to the baby steps that we are taking. We can't run until we walk. And, and so you can't get from A to Z without going through the rest of the alphabet. And if you can get yourself to just take whatever the step is that that you come up with, that that is self-care, self-serving, it will it will come a long way and then it will build up the more you're able to do that. Yeah. And I think that uh, hand in hand with that is um, celebrating that you were able to do it as opposed to diminishing. Oh, I just went for a walk. I'm still stuck. I can't do anything. It's like, exactly. well, I, 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 I dragged my butt outside. I went for a walk. I got my blood flowing. I did feel better. Maybe it didn't last that long, but you know what? I did it. And if I did it today, I could do it tomorrow. So more like becoming your own cheerleader, because I think part of, you know, this whole mindset um, and stuckness is, it's a bad neighborhood between our ears some days, you know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just like, there's a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment in there. And so without anybody else beating you down, you could beat yourself down. And when you start acknowledging yourself for those little things and celebrating, that's going to kick up your energy to help you get back into motion as well. That's right. And if you've been in that stuck victim kind of mode for a long time, Give yourself a break in how long it's going to take you to to move through it, because you're literally rewiring the way you're perceiving um, your experiences and the world. And, And each time you're able to shift out of a victim powerless mindset into a a more of a celebratory one, a self-care, a self-love one, it will get easier and easier. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what I'll hear is, you know, what's my problem? My girlfriend, this, my brother, that my next door neighbor, this. And it's in 12 step programs. They say when you compare, you despair. Nobody (laughs) has your life. Nobody's nobody's worn your shoes. Nobody's nobody's navigated your challenges. So so do yourself a favor and don't compare yourself to anyone else. Just just honor yourself for what you can do. And I love that. Be I think be, be kind and gentle and patient as you move through your stuckness. You absolutely will move on to the next to the next thing and get in motion. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. 
We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. before we get to our key tips and strategies, um, the, the catch 22, as you said earlier, is all of these thoughts lead to, so, so you have, you have difficult emotions leading to stuck thoughts, leading to more difficult emotions. And it could really, you could, you can spiral down. And, and what we want to do today is encourage you um, that there is a way to spiral up rather than spiral down um, and spiraling down when you're already trying to emerge from a difficult relationship. Um, all of the exhaustion that comes with uh, self-blame or accusation or um, exhaustion, it, it not only keeps you stuck, but it actually can have a big impact on your body too. I mm -hmm. think I just did a, a podcast with, um, with Tammy, where we talked about the physical impact of these kinds of, um, you know, difficult emotions. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, the uh, lack of ability to sleep well is a very common um, result of being stuck in these emotions. And that just then feeds the whole cycle of feeling exhausted and not being able to think in a grounded way because, because you're literally, your body is just being more and more depleted between the stress of the emotions and then the lack of sleep. Yeah. And, and we could, I could see it. I could see the, the catch 22. Cause it's like, okay, so, so I've got all this, this kind of, um, uh, difficult emotions. And so now I'm not sleeping or I'm not eating well, or I'm drinking when I shouldn't be drinking. And, and I've got this cortisol overload happening in, in my head. And so, so now I have no access to like clear thoughts. Now I can beat myself up for not even be able to think through all these complicated decisions I have to uh -huh. make. And, and so now I'm beating myself up. So now I'm bruised from my own bat from beating myself up and I'm not sleeping and I'm not eating and I'm drinking too much. And I'm actually, telling the story of a, a chapter of my divorce right now, because that's exactly what I got caught in before I was able to um, find my way out of it, which is what we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and that's where actually, you know, we'll talk about support um, near the end of this, I know, but that's where coaching is so, so important because we get so stuck in our heads. And like you said, the neighborhood between our ears can be a really dangerous place. And, 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 and if you don't take the effort, even if you don't feel motivated to take the effort to take those baby steps and to um, reach out in some way, you, you will continue to live in that dangerous neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so as we, so we want to talk about uh, these, these four key strategies, um, to refuel action. And, um, and the first one is largely what we've been talking about in terms of what the problem is, which is um, being stuck is, I mean, unless you're stuck between a car and a wall or, you know, a locked room, you're actually not stuck. It's a mindset. And the mindset our mind is so powerful and equally as our mind is able to paralyze us and keep us in a place where um, we don't act and we don't change anything. Our mind is so powerful that even the smallest uh, awareness and shift 
can unlock that door and open up a flow um, that's going to serve each of you listening so well. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting. You just reminded me when I teach about um, conflict resolution and communication, I talk about how when when we have a perception of a threat and all those stressors that that become released and we go immediately to our lizard brains, the amygdala, which is a, the fight, fight, freeze fight, or fight, freeze. Oh. <laughs> And, and they like freeze, and they've um, added fawn to it too. Uh, oh, I love app. it! Yeah, I love it. And, and and we literally cannot think clearly, and we literally cannot make um, good judgments or helpful decisions. And so, one way to to literally shift the activity in your brain is to pay attention to the thoughts that triggered that sense of threat and shift the thoughts. And so feeling enormous fear or enormous anger, if you can step back when it's really getting the best of you and notice what are the thoughts that got me to this place because it is a mindset. It's not a place that you stepped into that you don't have control over and shift your thoughts. You will be able to access your prefrontal lobe in your brain, which will then calm you down and enable you to, to get more grounded and think more clearly and make some better decisions about how you want to be. I have a perfect example. Um, I'm coaching um, a client uh, started recently and uh, very, very early stages and was told um, that they were a lousy parent, that they weren't going to be able to um, clearly take care of their children. And so they were talking to me and saying, you know, I, I, I what happens? Like, I'm going to go through this and then I'm going to be disappointing the kids, too. And, you know, one or two questions about what have you do, done over the past year with either of your kids and how did it turn out? And a smile crossed this person's face. They talked about this beautiful trip, just them and their one child, the incredible time they had. And, and so just challenging the thought that I'm a lousy parent and I'm not going to be any good at this. And within literally three to five minutes, they were saying how, um, how in tune they were, how special it was to create an experience, how much the bonding with their child, how much they both enjoyed it. And he was completely on the other side of it. They were like, mm. I can do this. I can do this really well. Like I have this in me. And so that our thoughts are such liars, right? And so it's like, you get this thought. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I suck at this. And, and as coaches, we immediately start poking, but without a coach, our advice to you is slow it down. What's the thought? How true is the thought? And when you can start poking at that thought and, and you might even go, no, 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 it's true. Okay. Well, what else is true? Right. And so you find your way, you just need enough room to wiggle through so that you you're not stuck so that you see some possibility. So I love That's that. Right. Yeah, that's a great example. I'll bet I'll bet that you could literally um see the shift in their facial expression and their whole body um when they made that shift. It actually shifted the energy of the entire coaching session. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and and I I share that because it was very recent. I was it was very uh lovely to experience and it was amazing to watch this individual let go of their spouse's judgment of them, which they had just adopted and just, oh, it must be true. It's mm -hmm. said to me all the time, so it must be true. And every one of you listening have that thing that has been said to you every time, so you think it must be true. It's probably not true. And in literally a couple of minutes, you can you can uproot that rotten weed and you can replace it with something that's more true that will get you into action. Yes. Beautiful. So, so, so 
we've got we've got four um, four of these keys uh, strategies to refuel action, and the first one is that stuck is a mindset, and self awareness is that first step. That's slowing it down and noticing what is it that I'm doing, and yet you don't start with what I'm feeling because the feeling follows the thought. So you always want to go back to how am I thinking about this? How am I perceiving this? And that that's the rotten root. That that thought is the rotten root that's keeping you stuck. And so that's the thing that you want to change. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's a really good point because people tend to go immediately to the feeling. Um, and, and, and sometimes when I ask my clients, well, what was the thought that precipitated that feeling? They say, I have no idea. I'm like, no, no, Let's really unpack this because because if you can start to identify thoughts that are triggering feelings, you will be able to shift the thoughts and then shift the feelings and then shift the behavior and the action. It's the golden nugget. The golden nugget here in everything that we do with our coaching is helping you to understand that looking outward doesn't serve you. Self-awareness, looking inward, what what is happening? What is happening in in my brain? What's happening between my ears? And, And as soon as you can nail it, you get to then tease it apart and and. And in doing so, there's such a sense of empowerment. There's so much agency. And wow, here I sat all by myself, just thinking this through and having this internal coaching conversation with myself. And bam, I I created enough space to wiggle out of stuck and start moving again. Mm -hmm. And there's a freedom and a lightness that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because your energy, your emotional energy goes up as soon as you start moving. I had, I had, uh, I've said this on a few podcasts, but I, I so love it. I had returned home, um, after subletting my, my place for a while, a year or two ago, and the whole place was cleaned out except on the whiteboard. It said, um, motivation does not precede action. It follows it. And I I remember standing in my kitchen and I read it like three times. And so when we get stuck and we can't move, then there's this lack of motivation to do anything because life sucks so much. This is so hard. I'm so miserable. I'm going to be so poor, whatever it is. And so that motivation is actually a thought, right? And so we're back to your thoughts are hardwired into your feelings. And so so, so the, the minute you act, the minute you find that space and you go for the walk around the block, you call your friend and have a conversation, you make that first step and, you know, grab a piece of financial documentation that you need, that action motivates you to act more. And so for those of you who are stuck to be able to find the thought, um, uproot it, take some kind of a baby step and then notice the motivation that can follow once you get yourself back in action. Yeah. It's, it's like exercising. If you wake up one morning and you're just exhausted and you feel like you have no energy and you start thinking, I'm not motivated to go to the gym or go for the walk or go for the run. I think I'm going to skip it. You're not going to do it. If you say I'm getting my butt out the door and I'm going to do this, even though this is the last thing I want to do at the end of your run or your walk or your workout, I guarantee 100% you will feel much better and you will feel energized and you will feel good about yourself. Okay, Rachel. So, you know, I took all of July off. And I did not know that. Just this past (laughs) Monday, I got my butt up and I was like, all right, I'm doing wall Pilates. And I did it Monday and I did it this morning. And like, I already feel like there's no way I'm not doing it tomorrow morning. And so it's not like it takes a week. It literally just takes with whatever it is that you're doing. I'm talking about wall Pilates, but it like it just takes movement. And and what is the saying like? what is the saying about energy and motion versus um, energy that's still like once you're in motion, it's so much easier to stay in motion when you're stuck and out of motion. You just need to you need to kick yourself in. And that's where baby steps are perfect. 
That's right. And, and you know, I, I talk to my clients a lot about this, that when you when you what you're describing is, you know, you, you had two days of Pilates. It felt fantastic. What I encourage my clients to do is, OK, continue to feel that feeling, really internalize that feeling of what it felt like after doing Pilates, because that's what you're going for. And that's going to motivate you to keep doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. If, if, if we feel a really good feeling after we do something hard or after we do something we resisted, if we can stay in touch with that feeling and really go for it, we will continue to move forward. And they even say that about in, about how your brain works and neuroplasticity. It's like I took a whole course on positivity. So it's like the more you focus on the positive, the more you're rewiring your brain to focus on the positive. And so for those of you and, and you know, most of the JVD coaches have been there. If you've been in a really difficult relationship for years or decades, um, this it's it's like steering a. Um, you know, uh, a cruise ship. It's a, it's a slow turn. So, so take these tips, keep focusing on the positive and know that over the course of time, um, you could be heading in a totally better direction and you can rewire your brain to be thinking more encouraging, more positive thoughts simply by holding on to the ones that you do have now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very true. So we have um, self-awareness as the first one. And then the second one is acceptance. And I think that this is such an important piece to talk about because, because we just are forever coaching around resistance. And so let me lob it over to you to talk about what acceptance is and isn't and how it's valuable. Sure. So... So when we are caught up in trying to change another person or trying to change a situation that we really do not have control over, we we self-sabotage and cause ourselves quite a bit of suffering. And when we resist accepting what we don't have control over, our suffering continues. When we step back and realize, hey, that other person is that other person. I do not have any responsibility for the way they're behaving, um, that they, they have shown who they are. If, if they choose to change, it's up to them, but there's nothing I can do about that. And that situation, perhaps the delays in court, perhaps your financial, current financial situation, perhaps, um, your, your co-parenting relationship. These are all situations that you may not have and probably don't have. Um, genuine control over. And to the extent that you can acknowledge, these are not things I have control over. The only thing I have control over is the way I respond to things and the way I show up. You will help yourself get out of a sense of powerlessness and a victim kind of mindset and step yourself into an empowering mindset. And, and, um, and, and you will have more control because you will be focusing on what you do have control over versus what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, the bottom line is whatever is, is he is the way he is. She is the way she is. The court is the way it is. And it's like. I have I've had so many conversations where people are like, well, it shouldn't be. Okay, but it is. Um, That's right. when we, okay, we could debate that, but at the end of the day, it is. And so whatever whatever your thing is that it just is, when you when you can totally step into that, it is what it is. And so then you get to ask the real question, which is, it is what it is. What can I do about it? What can I what can I do? Can I do anything? Do I have to do anything? And if I have to do something, what can I do? Now you're already in this higher energy level of looking at choices, whereas before you were just like, it shouldn't be, you know, and as long as it shouldn't be, then you're stuck. You're not even looking for choices or solutions. You're just mad at what is. And you know what? It still is. That's right. That's right. And you're hitting your head against a wall. Yeah. 
So, so that acceptance piece is absolutely a game changer for every one of you. I strongly encourage you to look across the board in your divorce, in your relationship with your kids, in your work, in your relationship with your siblings, whatever. Where do you resist what is? And start looking at, well, what if I just accepted, not accepting unacceptable behavior, but maybe accepting the fact that this person engages in unacceptable behavior and they shouldn't, but they do. And so you accept, what does that open up for you? And if you're stuck in those areas, we would love to hear from you and what flow comes from simply stepping into acceptance of it. Mm. One of my favorite phrases is what we resist persists. And that's all about stuckness. Yep. Yep. And then you get to live Groundhog's Day unhappy (laughs) every day. It's really, it's, it's not terribly pleasing. So, so self-awareness is one acceptance is two. And then um, the third tip is, and we talked about this before, it's where your agency is. Uh, The only power I have in my life is um, is what I do, the way I think, uh, the way I feel, the way I act, like that's where all my power is. I, everything that each of us in this world do, we, if you look at the people who feel really empowered, at the end of the day, they are fully standing in their agency of what they can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, of course, linked, as you said, to letting go of things that you do not have control of. And then once you're able to do that, really taking an inward look about what your part maybe is in in that challenging relationship with a spouse or an ex-spouse and what can you change uh, in terms of of your behavior and in terms of how you experience those interactions. And I think this is a place where sometimes what happens is we've been so brainwashed by that person who's been criticizing us. It's like, I I can't do that. I'm not any good at that. I'm not going to be able to. I have no power there. I and 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 that's just another lie. And so again, if you say, okay, I did that, I looked at my part, and you know, I'm just a hot mess. I've got nothing. Uh, that is an absolute lie. And so that's where you want to. That's a thought. You want to mm-hmm. poke at that thought. That's not a good thought. That thought isn't isn't bringing you any value. And so when when we talk about looking in, it's like it's it's the the key thing here is we we're all imperfect. Um, we've got our wounds, um, and we've got our shortcomings. Our wounds need to be healed. Our shortcomings can be refined if we so choose. But we're all creatures with many capabilities. And so given where you are um, and whatever it is you're stuck with and whatever you're struggling with, uh, what can you do? And it can be small, but it's just it's movement. What what is within your power? And I just finished, um, as you know, Rachel, a five day boundary challenge. And so an interesting thing is people who don't understand boundaries think that the way to set a boundary is to control the other person. Um, And if I want to set a boundary and he or she won't abide, then I've got nothing. And it's the same thing. It's like, yes, you do. Um, If there's something going on and you want a change, be the change. Um, And and that was an eye opener for so many of our people in the boundary challenge that that they actually could be the change and they could, they can completely change the dynamic and not accept experience, whatever that is that they don't want to be experiencing with the other person never changing a bit. That's right. Talk about a powerful mind shift. So, so you're going to be aware of your thoughts. You're going to be accepting of what is, and then you're going to begin to look at, well, what can I do? Where is my agency? What am I capable of? And, and as Rachel said, baby steps, don't, don't be trying to like climb Mount Everest. Just, just, can I walk out the door? Can I walk around the block? Like baby steps. Can I pick up the phone? Can I call one attorney's office? Can I, can I look for one financial document? Can I try and create one agreement with my ex about co-parenting baby steps? 
Yes. And then acknowledging that you've accomplished those baby steps. And, and celebrating then, and yourself. Celebrating. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. And then the final one is, you know, what Lisa and I always say is when you're drowning, no matter how good of a swimmer you are, you need a lifeguard. And so um, support, support. Nobody should and nobody has to go through divorce alone. And there's, it's just so upending. It's so overwhelming. There's so many moving pieces. And so if you're stuck and you're stuck between your ears, then it would be incredibly valuable to invite in some support if you'd like to talk about some of the different types of support that they could look for, Rachel. Sure. So, of course, um, therapy can be very helpful to help heal um, trauma or wounds, maybe understand uh, more of the whys of, of where you find yourself. Um, coaching. I, I can't recommend it more strongly. It is so helpful because not only is your coach a sounding board, but it's someone who is going to ask you those probing questions, especially if you're feeling stuck to try to help um, help you gain some momentum, notice, be, become more aware, gain a little momentum. They're going to be your thinking partner. They're, your coach is going to help you be... Um, help you take some action and take responsibility for taking those action steps as little baby action steps. So one-on-one -on -one coaching group programs, which we offer so that which many people express helps them feel much less alone and more of a sense of community, because of course, going through divorce and post-divorce can feel very isolating. And then of course, any friends or family who are going to help you heal and move forward. There may be friends and family members who would love to get into the gutter with you and either trash your spouse or soon to be ex-spouse or complain with you about the divorce process or um, complain with you about the financial situation you're in. Those people are not going to serve you. Um, and either make it clear to them, and this is a boundary, this kind of conversation is not helpful. And instead, what I need is X. Or if those folks are not able to shift and give you that kind of support, then simply don't talk to them about, about your struggle around this and about your situation because it's only going to drag you down. It may feel supportive and compassionate, but you don't want to be in, in that sewer with other people. It will only reinforce all of the negative thoughts and the feeling of stuckness. And, and for those um, people pleasers out there, um, don't worry about offending someone because you don't want to talk about your difficult stuff with them. Uh, that that's a boundary and that is your right. Um, and and they'll get over it. So you're going through this incredibly hard time. Don't make it harder on yourself by um, sharing with people who, you know, aren't going to be helpful um, so that they feel better about helping. That's, that would be, that would be a, uh, that would be undercutting what would be best for you. And, and there's something that came to mind, Rachel, that I kind of want to wrap up with. So throughout the course of uh, my time coaching, there've been two, um, situations that people got stuck in that that were more um long-term problems and one is indecision so if you're a person who and you're going through a divorce right so if you're a person who puts all your options on the table takes some off puts them back on makes a decision puts it back on if you're one of those people you really need some support through this and the the second one is procrastination right um which has a lot of different roots but at the end of the day you just can't move forward and so i want to say that if that's you and you've just been suffering and struggling with those, I really encourage you to reach out. Uh, you can go to uh, rapidreliefcall.com and book a call. So if you if you feel like this this has been 
it's been a problem in the divorce. It's just becoming like such a key problem. Um, consider getting some coaching around it and reach out, see what it would be like to be coached because um, we could help you turn those around uh, in every area of your life while helping you move through your divorce more effectively. Mm, absolutely. That's what they're, that's what, that's what we're there for. Yeah. Yeah. So in summary, um, uh, being stuck in the muck of divorce is a mindset issue. It is not a physical issue. And in order to get out, you need to focus on yourself, become self-aware of what's going on between your ears um, and those thoughts that are leading to the feelings. You want to step into acceptance of what is so that you start have cho having choices about what to do about what is. Uh, you want to really focus in on where you have agency so that you are making changes that impact your situation in a positive way and you wanna seek support. Um, and you can learn more about our various programs at jbddivorcesupport.com as well. And if you have any questions or you have a topic that you want us to talk about, just email info at journeybeyonddivorce.com and we will consider your request. Great topic, Rachel. Thank you so much for bringing it to the table. Oh, thank you. It's been great dialoguing with you about this. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of JBD Team Talks. Until then, you take care. Bye-bye. Divorce is hard, but a high-conflict divorce, it's overwhelming. It involves battling not just emotional tolls, but endless court dates, hidden finances, and toxic personalities. This is your call to action. Don't miss the ultimate high-conflict divorce summit from November 13 to 17, 2023. Our summit brings together an unparalleled lineup of experts, featuring leading psychologists who demystify high-conflict personalities, top financial advisors revealing strategies to uncover hidden assets, esteemed legal minds to guide you toward a favorable settlement, and renowned child experts who will arm you with the tools and tactics needed to fight effectively for custody. Act now and register for free to unlock an exclusive bounty of gifts from all 20 experts, yours just for signing up. Take back control. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash summit 2023. Register now and reclaim your future. for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women throughout one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.